Hello and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 800 comedians and counting over the last 46 years and my guest today is the wonderful Mr. Mark Simons. Yes! Hello! How are you? Wow, you said you were going to go bananas and you went bananas. <laughs> How like are it. you? You all right? Yeah, that's the best intro I've had since <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure and I'm delighted you're here, my friend. And thank you so much for doing this. It's going to be an interview all about your comic career, and I'd like to go way, way back to the start and ask, how did you become a comedian? Wow, straight in, straight in. <laughs> um, how did I become a comedian? Um, it was, it was, it was kind of lucky, really. Right. So I finished university um, studying sport and exercise science, and then I started working in a gym, and then my friend. Um, who also went to the gym just started telling me that he's been on the stand-up open mic circuit in London for about a year and was telling me all about it and I, I knew nothing about this world like I didn't even know it existed I just never come across it <laughs> and he just because because he used to make little sketch videos with his mates right. and I used to love it because it was sort of local and I just think oh I wish I was part of that gang they're really cool <laughs> And then I just sort of said to him, I, you know, when I was at uni, I, I filmed a few sketches and things with a couple of mates of mine, totally influenced by this friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and and he went just, well, why don't you just come and do a gig? And I was like, I, I, at this point, I hated talking in front of people. Yeah. Like if it was a if it was a presentation at university or anything like that, I'd freeze. I, I hate hated it. Like <laughs> at school, I'd have like. I, it, that kind of ruined school for me a little bit just wow. from worrying that the teacher would say stand up and say something wow. so, so I just didn't think I could do it um, and I still don't know how he convinced me to like I think basically he said no one will know you won't know anyone there just have a go <laughs> so he said do five minutes and it was downstairs at the King's Head yeah. where you could just turn up on a Thursday and if people don't show up you can just get on Right. So, so I went along and I'd never been to a comedy club before this. First time going to a comedy club and I was going to do a gig. And I think he'd given me like a week to write five minutes, which is <laughs> which is not long enough um, when you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and luckily I didn't get on. Right. We, I think which was really lucky because he went on, did a bit. I got the experience. I, I watched what was going on. And then I think I went back a month later, but by then I'd had a bit longer to try and work out what I was going to do. And it wasn't a disaster. And then I carried on. But I think if I'd have done the first gig, it probably would have been awful. And then I'd never have done it again. It's funny because um, uh, my my background, I, I, I currently work in a school on a school reception. But before that, I was in the civil service, and uh, on a on a training course, I was asked to um, uh, 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 describe something to someone um, uh, that that is unique. So I described to them the only card trick I ever knew, 
<laughs> and I I used to hate having to stand up in front of people and and whatever. So so I I I've been practicing this trick. I've been doing this trick for like thirty years, and and uh, I stood up, and of course I forgot it. So I was like <laughs> a rabbit in headlights, and it's awful. But but um, a reason why I reason why I write my blog is that uh, it's like a an enthuse. I say to folk, it's it, because of all the people who get up and and actually have to make an audience laugh within a minute of. Mm. doing it it's it's extraordinary your your type of comedy is puns one-liners which i absolutely love and um uh so your first gig was that down that was downstairs at the king's head mm. is that right what what year was that uh, possibly oh god 2000 late 2007 right because um i think I've, I've I've been going there for years. It's in Crouch End, and uh, I saw Harry Hill there thirty years ago, and uh, been wow. been going there, been going there quite a bit. It's 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 a wonderful space to play, mm. because you've got all the acoustics and everything. And it's a perfectly sized room. Um, when I started, that was I was very kind of sporadic with gigs. I didn't do many until until about. 2009 I decided to really go for it right but when I but so I, I used to just go to the King's Head once every I mean I can't I can't remember but <laughs> but going even walking past or driving past that place brings back so many like so many memories yeah. it's like real nostalgia of that kind of that feeling that I had inside me whenever I go there it was like it was such a cool play such a cool vibe and i'm nervous but it was this underground thing and yeah didn't know what was going to happen and i remember walking around the block all the time running through my five minutes because i was just scared i'd forget forget it and the buzz from walk going on stage and getting a laugh was just it's crazy i don't have i don't get that now and no. it, i do miss that feeling the closest i ever get is if i'm doing a new material night and i i'm going on totally fresh without any jokes that i know work and right. i start get a few of those kind of jitters then but for that feeling i really i do miss that oh yeah definitely um where did the puns and one-liners come from where did they come I, from as a style i don't um I, I i think my brain just works that way yeah. um because even when i started my my friend because he was obviously the first influence on how, what I did, and he was he very much pushed the surreal kind of style of comedy right. to me because it was that you want to stand out when you're starting. Yeah, you and do. So, yeah. And I loved Mighty Boosh and all all those kind of guys. So I was doing that, but the actual essence of what I was doing was one-liners, so it didn't match, and it. I was doing it for a long time and I'd never really get, like I'd go on like Noel Fielding, that energy, go way, sort of thing. But my jokes were ones that, where you have to think about it to get it. And I remember a big turning point in my, I mean, it wasn't even the career then, but I, I did a Laughing Horse new act competition. Right. It wasn't their normal one. It was, it was a weird one they put on where you, you literally go on and do two, three minutes um, and I was in the final of that and just went on and died. And I just went for this walk around the block in Wimbledon. 
And it, that was a moment I realised that what I, my style wasn't matching what I was saying. Right. Because I'd be doing these jokes where you'd have to think about it and get it. But I was already moving on to the next bit because I was so high energy. So <laughs> the audience wasn't getting a chance to actually take in what I was saying. <laughs> and then as soon as I changed that and slowed down, my gigs went better. Yeah. And from then, I started getting into sort of doing well in competitions and things. But it was all from that moment of realising that. That's brilliant because you do have to find your own voice I think um, and and once you've got it you've it's your it's your unique take on what you want to say mm. yeah because like I so my family are quite my brother and my dad are quite um, so they do that they always used to, when I was a kid they always used to do that sort of smart ass thing where you'd say something and then they deliberately take the other meaning yeah and then I'd be like no no that's not what I mean that's not what I mean <laughs> <laughs> but that was ingrained in me, I think. So I'm now like that. So I think like that. Yeah, it's so all it's all a pun from. is a word play, so it's all about the the take on the word. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Um today, what's been your best and worst gig? Um oh, I mean I mean there's <laughs> loads of I mean there's so many to choose from. <laughs> what best ones? <laughs> and worst. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I'd say best gigs, I mean, so doing Mock the Week for the first time was, I mean, there is still a gig. It doesn't sound, it's not really a gig, but it is a gig because there's yeah. an audience. Yeah. And that was big because that was one of my long-term goals to do that show. Yeah. And that was a real achievement personally. Um, and then, but there's low, low, and basically any time I've set a goal and I've done it, that to me they're the best gigs right. like i used to so when i worked i worked at canterbury university at the sports department for the first sort of eight years of doing comedy and when i started now i used to always go to the Golbenkian theater and i'd watch the comedians theater shows right and I just always watched the support acts in awe thinking that's what i want to do i want to be I, i'd love that whole idea of all these people there and the support act, you don't know who they are, but they're always great, and it's a surprise. So you, it's always a nice sort of vibe you get, I think, when there's a good support act. So when I started doing super tour supports, that was a big, like a big thing for me. Yeah. And then, and then the, that's, there's loads. I could talk forever. <laughs> but, um, Please do. <laughs> right, yeah. Rob Bryden, I supported Rob Bryden for the first time. It was, wow. it was a 2,500 seater. And that was the biggest gig I'd done. And that was, it was it's so suited to my style yeah, because yeah. you do a joke and then everyone who gets it straight away laughs and you could, and then the ones that catch up, there's just this beautiful wave with that many people. And you've got so much time to think. Like, I just, I love that. That was that, that was one That's of my favorite superb. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and realizing that you've told the joke and getting a wave of laughter back must be extraordinary. Because you can really take it in then, because yeah, yeah. You, with a lot of gigs, if it's a low number audience, as soon as you do the joke, your brain's got to be right. What's next? What's next? Like yeah. a snooker player, you're thinking all the shots ahead. Right. Whereas when they you've got that wave of laughter, you could just enjoy the moment. <laughs> I love it. I really love it. That's brilliant. That's so good. Um, let's move on to Edinburgh. Um, I I go to the Edinburgh. Oh, sorry, I didn't tell you any bad gigs. 
yes please if you've got some please do there's one yeah. there's one that always sticks in my mind yeah coventry showcase cinemas <laughs> right <laughs> it's just a cinema and and it's kitted out for a comedy night every weekend and i had so many bad gigs there but i kept i don't know why they kept booking me but it was awful and then in the end i worked out how to play it but this one gig it was so bad that someone was heckling me but they weren't aggressively heckling me they were just telling me every time another member of the audience left wow oh, that's, <laughs> so, yeah, that's another not good there's another one gone oh that's that, awful that, that must be so draining on you as well to, to know because you, you oh that must be awful back, back then that was the cross time of between sort of doing professional gigs yeah and then and being a professional is that in between phase where you don't you're not a hundred percent right comfortable and confident so that affects you then if that happened now, I'd enjoy that moment. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Probably turn it go. around. So, so to to get the experience, did you go through a number of five minute appearances in club in pubs and take friends mm. along and practice practice it all out? That's how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So went ten minutes. Sorry, five minutes traveling everywhere for nothing. Yeah. Five, five, five everywhere. And I did a lot of that. I did a long apprenticeship yeah. in comedy. So I really didn't, when I start, I didn't do a course or anything. So I, I was always learning on the job. Um, so it took a while to, to work out, even just how to write a joke it took me a while. Um, so it's five minutes. And then when you do well, you can do 10. And then, and then competitions. Once I got into some finals, yeah. that's when proper clubs would then say you could do the open spot on a professional bill, right? Which would be five to ten, and that's when if you do well there, then they bump you up that way. But that's yeah, it's right. a long, long old process. Seems like a long time ago now. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you've got you've got far, my friend. You've gone very far. Um, <laughs> Let's move on to Edinburgh. As I say, um, my holidays, my, my home city is Carlisle, but I've worked in London for the last 27 years. Right. And um, I do go to Carlisle quite a bit and um, in the summer. And um, my holiday is always the Edinburgh Fringe. I've been very lucky to go for a week and see about 50 shows. So I always, I always pick yeah. the middle week and I go. And uh, I just have the time of my life. Um, what was your first Edinburgh festival like, and and uh, when was it? Um, it would have been would have been two thousand and eight, right? And I went up with that friend of mine, right? Or did I? Oh, it was a bit mixed, mixed. So we did a we did a, a show called the Amused Moose Hot Starlets, right? Where. <laughs> He was in a tent and it was Hills Jago put it on and it's basically yeah. anyone that she saw in her competition that year that even not even, I, like I didn't get very far in it that year but if, if she saw something in you she'd she'd invite you up to that and you'd have big mixed bill shows and you'd do sort of four or five days each and then you'd go home right. so I went up and that was sort of went up and saw how it all worked but it was really weird I was up there with a friend of mine I always remember this and it's a real mystery, and this might not sound very exciting, but there was this strange thing. It, it was in a, you know how creepy some of the places are, like the flats in? Yeah. And it, was on, it was on South Bridge or North, one of the bridges, right. and up a little bit, up above a bookshop was the flat. And I was in the bed, 
and my friend was sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag. And in the night, something happened. And when we woke up, we'd switched. Wow. And we have no memory or recollection wow. of why that happened. That's weird. Uh, yeah. And there was some, some creepy thing happened, like with the ghosty sort of thing happened in the bathroom. We remember wow. like a shower just turned on out of nowhere or something. Wow. So I presume you no. changed accommodation the following year. <laughs> yeah. I think oh. we were... I don't know. Yeah, very, it was really odd. That, that, that is bizarre. And was that was that the first year you went up? Mm. Wow. Yeah, because um, again, like I knew nothing, so I just so for that friend of mine actually that got me into comedy, we crossed over. So he was in the Hot Starlets, but he'd he'd um, he got a, dip, a week later than me or something. So right. he stayed in our accommodation, but we just switched. So that worked quite well. Wow! Wow! Amazing. Um, and. So, so the first Edinburgh, did it encourage you to go back? Mm. Yeah. yeah. You had a great Absolutely. time. It was a successful run. Absolutely loved it. I think I think that was when Stuart Lee did his 51st Best Comedian Show or yeah. 43rd. I can't remember what the title was. And I remember watching that and thinking, wow, this is... This is wow! You can do anything with comedy, <laughs> yeah, like, like with Edinburgh shows. That's what I quite liked is that you, there's no there's no rules at all. Once you do your own show, you can do anything you like within yeah. that show. Yeah. So I, I liked that, and that influenced how I put my Edinburgh shows together. So right. it's not just jokes all the way through; is other things going on. You wanted a structure to it as well as the jokes, mm. yeah. Yeah, and that, and that really influenced me. Yeah that whole experience and I saw other people like um, Ed Axel yeah just in a free fringe venue and he it was I really was interested in how he put his shows together I basically I like the kind of weirder acts they they tend to make me laugh more than anyone else brilliant yeah yeah but specific, they, they, specific nutcases I like them <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> it's like nutcases that that, but they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, not just the lunatics. <laughs> um, you were nominated for the Amused Moose Best Show for your solo show, One Liner, mm -hmm. in 2017. Tell me more about this. T tell me more about going for competitions. And do you, do you think they are useful on your comedy journey? Um, were you nervous entering them? Tell me, tell me the process about that. So with that one, that's slightly a, a different one. But I, like with the um, new act competitions, yeah, I, they are really important. It's a shame because that that comp competitive element to it isn't really what it should be all about. But like I said earlier, once you get to a final, doors open up in right. clubs, and if and if you win one. I mean, I never actually won a proper one. I came runner-up in a couple of, of the bigger ones, but if you win, all of a sudden, you're sort of, that can really push you up quite quick. But I'm kind of glad I didn't win, because at that point, I wouldn't have been ready to to, right. to move up too quick. It took me a while to learn what, what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but but it, it just, 
it sort of verifies you. It's like it's your blue tick on your act a little bit. Every 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 sort of little success you get, it just says to someone else, "Oh, he does know what he's doing, so we're booking." Um, See, right? But the, the Amuse Moose, the, the best show one, that's for your your whole show, and you you film it and then you send it in, right? And then. I mean, they must. They watch loads of them, and then the better ones. I think they then come to see in person. Right. So it's a bit like the Edinburgh Award, but lower sort of. How you describe it? Yeah. Not as prestigious. Yeah. And, and I think the idea is they do that to to give people a chance that the Edinburgh Award aren't looking at. Right. People maybe who can't afford all the PR, and all that sort of thing. But that, that show was a real um, game changer for me because up to that point, I'd always had clever show titles for a joke in the show, but the show title never really said what I did. So I'd get people not knowing what they were coming to see. Like, for example, my first show was called Mr. So MR, which is a terrible, terrible show title. <laughs> and that, that was just for a joke in a show where I said I didn't... Um, I didn't want to call it that. Just when the show application form came at the top, it said title. <laughs> so, so that, so when a, I when like a, it. When a reviewer <laughs> came, they loved that joke, but it didn't help me sell tickets yeah. and, and get people in. Oh. <laughs> and I did that for three years in a row. So, so the next show was called um, Laugh Yourself Thin. Right. And it had a picture with me with big jeans on, like the classic Weight Watchers. <laughs> and, and that was for a joke because my agent said I need to attract a bigger audience. Yes. <laughs> so, so for that, but I'd get people coming thinking it was some sort of storytelling show about dramatic weight loss. And so I'd, I'd have people that don't like one-liners. So the gigs didn't always go particularly well. because no. actually. No, but being in so many audiences, you kind of either like one-liners or you don't get them. Right. No, I, no, really? I love them. I, I, I absolutely love them. Which is um, why you are always welcome. <laughs> the the amused moose um, uh, uh, contacted me for uh, in my blog. They sent me a comment when I started my blog off, and they and they invited me to a half-day writing course. And uh, so I went along and I was with a group of reviewers and they came round to me and they said, we can't remember why we, why we invited you, but um, can you explain? And I said, well, well um, I, got a, I got an invite and I, and I said, I'm not a reviewer, I'm not a diarist, I'm not a critique, uh, I'm not a reporter, I'm a member of the audience out to have a good time and when I go I enjoy myself mm. and I hope my blog reflects that and they went oh yes yes we like you and they moved on to the other <laughs> one never bothered me much but I learned a lot from the half day as to as to how to um, just reflect uh, my experiences of watching you all it, oh, it's 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 fascinating um, so with that with that show um, I called it one liner yeah and it was just like, a, I just had a, this thought that, well, if I, if, if I just called it that, everyone, it, I, I do the free fringe, I've never done the PR stuff, like I said, I've never been able to afford it. Um, and so, so what that did, which I didn't know this would have quite as good an effect, but 
anyone going through the brochure who was like, oh, I've got nothing to do at three o'clock, or with a so-called one-liner right here. Oh, I like one-liners. Yeah. So, so I'd be full every day, and I, I didn't flyer. I yeah. didn't fly at all. First year, I've never flyered. And it was full. And it was, and it was for the people that liked what I did. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, yeah. so that, sort of, that, that was a game changer for me with Edinburgh. Yeah. Like, it took a lot of the stress out, and then I could just concentrate on the show. Well, I like, I, I love the fact that the following year, your show was called One Liner Ruh Ruh. <laughs> and then the next year, One Liner Ruh Ruh Ruh. Everybody knows exactly what the, what, what it is. And then it, it's just a, it's just like a sequel of it. It's brilliant. I'm, I'm hoping in a few years or four, 30 years time, it's just going to keep going. <laughs> that would be really just, funny. Just becomes um, an intro. <laughs> uh, you mentioned before about um, tour support. And mm. you are a fantastic support act. You really are. Um, you've, you, you've toured for Sean Walsh, Rob Beckett, and Rob Bryden. Mm. Um, describe these experiences. They were, were they were obviously bigger theatres, but have you played arenas as well as bigger theatres? Or what's that experience like? Um, yeah, I, I loved tour support. Is that where you first saw me? I first saw you supporting um, Sean Walsh mm. um, and then I saw you at Always Be Comedy and I saw you at Brighton after Darren Walsh's show because you were following oh, yeah. on straight after him and I had mm. to get my train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have come to see you there. <laughs> so I, I, so I've, never, I've never done arenas. No. Never done an arena, which I'd love to try. One-liner one comedians at the highest level don't seem to do arenas right i don't know if that's Why is uh, that? i mean i don't really know but it, it could be a performance thing because it's such a big space yeah the best people that sell those fill that space whereas one liner comics tend to be fairly still so that all the concentrations on the jokes right right that's my thought but yeah. i don't know yeah. i'd love to try it I, um, I I love uh, one-line comedians. I would put Tim Vine, Milton Jones, Stuart Francis, Darren Walsh, and yourself. I think oh, I nice. think I think the 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 five of you on one bill I could watch all night, even though it's the same which is weird because that that normally wouldn't work no, because they normally try to separate similar, similar thing, yeah. But if you do, but if it like I say, if it's if all those acts were on that bill, the people that came would be like yourself, the people that love that. Yeah. But it must be, that would be a hard bill to headline. Like, mm. who would headline that? My gut instinct would, it would have to be Tim Vine because of the energy. Well, the energy, and my guess is, has he been going the longest? I think him, he and Milton are roughly Milton, the same. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I think they were both nominated for Best Newcomer year after each other. Right, right. So, yeah. so, so supporting Sean Walsh, Rob Beckett. Mm, and sorry. Brian, um, no, 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 no. Because it all links in. Because that's your style of comedy mm. is ideal to warm an audience up with just a one liner because there's there's it's a short attention span before you move on to the next one and folk will get drawn in i i think it's fascinating also but all of those acts i supported are all very big performers yeah 
very visual, so, so, very moving around a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so I think it's always best if the person is like I've seen very still acts that are the main acts be supported by bigger acts that compare and are here and there. Just it, just seeing the contrast really helps. I think you don't yeah. want anything too similar. Yeah. Um, but I got a lot from those supports. I got a lot of different things out of them because when I did the Sean support, Sean Walsh, I was newer. I hadn't played those big rooms before and I was still finding myself on stage. And he was excellent. He was an excellent person to tour with. Even though we don't do the same style of comedy, he really understands comedy. Yes, yeah. And he gave me so many tips performance tips how to play the big rooms where to face to go slower when you think that you're going the right speed go slower and all those all those sort of things and my writing now when I was with Sean he has this style where where he gets them up there and then he keeps them up there the laughter level and so so all the time my I'm quite competitive probably my sporty background I, I was like, I, I want to get that. That's what I'm aiming for. So what I did, I, was, I, was, I became really ruthless with my jokes and I'd only really, anything that didn't really hit well, I'd just get rid of. So my set got so much stronger. Basically, it's like if you're a boxer, sparring with a better opponent yeah. makes you better. Um, and it, was, it wasn't, but then I realised that my style of comedy, you, you, you can't have that constant up there because each joke is compared to the net they're all compared to each other yeah and if all your jokes are up there it will gradually come down you need this up and down with one-liners because to get a bigger laugh it needs to be a bit better than the one before it's things like that and because i watched the milton show dvd yeah. maybe after that and then i was i'd never noticed it before but his work he'd have a little laugh little laugh bigger laugh bigger laugh big laugh yeah, big it's, laugh it's little fascinating laugh, little to watch him yeah and he's the best yeah do you know what i mean so so sean got me up there and then i sort of adjusted it just made basically talking with him made me so much better comedian which really helped me with um then with doing the other tour supports yeah yeah because i was a like i was a I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I was an expert in tour support by then. Sean Sean Walsh has been on, done one of these interviews. And, oh, cool! And it was fascinating to see how he gets up there every performance. You know, mm. and, oh, uh, look forward to watching that. To um, to listen to how he went about it was extraordinary. Um, oh, great. How do you remember all the jokes? Do you have a method of remembering them all? I, I clump them together um, in loose groups or if they're not specifically so say all my girlfriend jokes are in a group right. all my friend jokes are in a group yeah. all my uh, job jokes are in a group so that's, that's how I kind of remember them as set pieces and then some jokes that don't fit in groups I'll have connections that I understand right but no one else probably would. But because I know the connection, yeah. it doesn't. I I know where it's going. Yeah. Like I'm just putting a set together for this thing I'm recording on Thursday, and it's a set that I can't use anything that I've pre I've recorded on anything before. Right. So I've I've really had to kind of piece it to knit it all together. Yeah. These jokes that wouldn't normally be in the same sections. 
Right. So I've got so I've got a couple of job jokes, and then I was trying to get this link to this to my friend jokes, and I was thinking, how can I do it? And one of my friend's jokes is about a mugging. So he wants me to join his gang. So to me, joining the gang is a bit like a job. So my connection there is I'm going from that job to the gang, but I know that because there's a connection of, it's just a similar to a job. And yeah. then the job then leads on to the other friend jokes because the mugging one is linked to the friend. So that's how I sort of wow. get it going in my head. But lots of people have different techniques. Yeah, I know yeah, Delaney yeah. does the, um, the, the mind palace thing. Right where he, he puts jokes in different rooms in a house, but I can't get my head around that. So it's just that my brain doesn't Similar work. Thing, that though, but it, it, I don't it, think I'm clever enough. Them. I think that's why, that, that's yeah. why he's doing it. Um, how do you cope with any nerves before you go on stage? Do you, do you suffer from nerves or? No, not anymore. No. Um, when I do new material, like I said earlier, I do get nervous. Right. But I, I, but I enjoy that kind of nerves. But there's yeah. no pressure on those gigs. If I was doing a TV gig, I could get a bit nervous. Yeah. But I think what I do, I, I've, I've got this thing, and I don't think anyone else does this, but I... So a lot of people say nerves help their performance because of, like, an energy thing. But nerves are the worst thing for my performance like it just doesn't work for me I have if I'm nervous maybe I go too fast and I don't get my words right so in my head I've got this little ritual thing I do before I go away and go on and I I get into a mindset that I don't give a shit so like I like <laughs> no, matter how, <laughs> no, no matter how important the gig is I don't care I don't care doesn't matter don't wow. give a shit and then I'm so relaxed then and my stuff always works better if I'm really chilled and relaxed. Right, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then whatever happens, I just roll with it. And don't, I've managed to do that, so it kind of happens automatically now. Because it sounds awful like, going on saying I don't give a shit. <laughs> but it just gets me in that zone of, of doesn't matter what happens, I wow. can deal with it. Doesn't matter. There's no, it's, it's just, there's no, uh, there's no pressure about not getting booked again and things like that i just get into my head that way because what a, what a good way of looking at it though that's that that's fantastic because because your nerves will just vanish they do yeah yeah it works i don't know how yeah I don't know no, if it's no, just me. no brilliant um, <laughs> now this next question i asked darren walsh this question and he did answer it but um basically um uh what I did, I gave him five separate words, mm -hmm. and from the separate words, he gave me five separate one-liners. Mm. Can you do that, or do you have to go away and write it, and or can no. you do it off the top of your head? If I gave you one word, you gave me a joke back. I I, I do that in my shows. Yeah. So I'll I'll ask for a topic. Um, like so, I I I I don't. But that's my goal. My goal is to have a joke on everything. So, <laughs> so if that happens... Well, I look forward to seeing you uh, till the day I die. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's going to be like a show one day of mine. It's just... I, I'm not prepared. Just let's go with what you want to do. So so I've, I've got five words for you. Mm. 
and could you give me a joke let's let's try it so that so, so the first word i've got is richard my name so that's that's quite so so when people give so some people give generic ones that are sort of people go to quite a lot but when people get specific it's quite <laughs> you can maneuver there's a technique in right. how to do it but richard i did have a joke ages ago I, well, I doubt I, I doubt I ever even did it on stage. It was, it was <laughs> well, when, this is brilliant. <laughs> when, when Richard, the, was it which Richard was found in a car park? Richard the second. Was it Richard the second? Yeah. And it was like an Audi car park or something. Yes. <laughs> which was which was a shame <laughs> because it could have been little Richard. <laughs> I like well, the that. that that's joke, very, that's I, very I think good. I wrote that's... it when it happened <laughs> but there's such an old reference now it's not even <laughs> so I, I, like, I, I like that that's the first one the second <laughs> one's blamange again blamange i mean why would i ever have written a joke about <laughs> but uh, if you said that to me so, so so do it as if it was a gig so give me a topic um uh say blamange uh cooking oh no no just say blamange blamange i'd have gone oh sweet <laughs> so, so that's like a little cheat around that's having fine. to do a full joke. That's fine. So that's two. Number three is my home city, Carlisle. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> and I've never been. I don't think I've ever even done a gig in Carlisle, so I wouldn't have ever written a specific Carlisle joke. But what I'd I'd say is I went to Carlisle. Is there a castle in Carlisle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Famous. I, I went to Carlisle. I asked my girlfriend if she wanted to go and see the castle. She said no. Well, it was just a thought. <laughs> so, oh, I like that. I will tell that all round Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. I've got waistcoat at the number four, and I've got a. So I have got a waistcoat five. joke, but it's not very good. Go basically. on, please. So it's uh, waistcoats are over the top. <laughs> yes, and the last one's Olympics. Olympics. Um, I had an Olymp. Uh, I had an Olympic joke in. 2012 and i can i'll probably make it what's the next olympics can you remember do you know it's this year i can't remember where it is is it this year is it is it oh, it was meant to be last year wasn't it it was supposed to be 2020 but they're going to do it in 2021 and it's in I is it in it, I, think, I think it's in japan isn't it is it japan i don't know i think so uh what ta what ta is tokyo tokyo isn't it I think okay. so. Okay, <laughs> so, I mean, this would be quite a long, weird way of getting to it. So my friend said to me, he said, how many countries are represented in the Tokyo Olympics 2021? I said, no, nah, not as many as that. <laughs> so I can, re I can reuse that every time there's an Olympics. Very good. Thank you so much for doing that because I know <laughs> it's, it's horrible being put on the spot. No, I enjoy um, it. It's like <laughs> it's like it's a quiz. I quite yeah, I think yeah. it's a quiz. <laughs> and if I if I ever really can't think of something, I write it down and then that's my mission to make that one work. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, what's your ambition as a comedian? Would Would you like your own quiz show? Would you like your own um, talk show? like to be on TV? Are you happy just carrying on as you are? Is there an ambition? Oh, there's lots of ambition, but there's lots of... That's the beauty of this job, is yeah. there, I, I'm, I'm very much a goal-oriented person, and again, I think that's from the sport background. Right. Um, 
And so I've got lots of little goals. Well, they're not even little, they're big goals. But what's, what's nice is it is a chance I could get some of them. You never know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one of my main goals is to tour the country in theatres to people that like that are coming specifically to see me. That's a big, that's a dream to be able to do that. But to do that, you need to, you need the other goals to, to happen. Like I'd like to do my stand up on a proper, like stand up only TV show. I haven't done that before. Right. Do live at Apollo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's like, I'd love to, I'm not an actor, but I can act a bit. I'd love to do a sitcom I've, yeah. I've written I've written a sitcom so I mean I'd love to do that right. and make it yeah that would be I mean be there's wonderful. so many things I mean I'd love to be a Hollywood actor I mean <laughs> there's loads <laughs> of things I'd love know, to do my friend <laughs> that would be that's um, amazing um, but yeah yeah just lots lots of just and, and make, I mean the thing is it's the best job in the world yeah so even if I don't make those goals I'm not going to be unhappy no because I get to do this thing that's such a privilege to be able to go and earn a living. Yeah, Just earning yeah. a living, dude. That's the thing. Because of the, how I started this, the idea of just people pay... I remember the first time someone paid me... The first paid gig, someone paid me £20, and that blew my mind. Wow. I'm getting paid, paid money, to do this thing I like doing. <laughs> It's, it blows my mind. And you always have to try and remember that because when you go up the ladder of achievements, yeah. you kind of get to a bit like, you, you should, that you, you deserve it. You don't, well, you, you work hard, you get what, you know, if you work hard, you, t you can get there, but yeah. you just got to remember that that's, like so many people don't enjoy their work. Well, it's wonder wonderful that you're doing something that you love. Mm. as well you know because because if you are it's like me with with the blog because hopefully i come across as being extremely passionate about it mm. you get the best out of me doing it so um you know that's exactly. and the success with the figures and all the rest of it is is there for people to see it is it is an extraordinary art form and i can't get enough of it it's it's Good. It's, it's wonderful um 2020 and the start of 2021 has been a very strange, weird time for everybody. Um, how have you found online gigs as opposed to live gigs? Um, so when they when it all started, I was convinced it wouldn't work. Yeah. And I even had a conversation with my agent. I said, I just, I don't want to do them. And that was so short-sighted of me because now I love them, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I feel like such an idiot. No, no, but, no, it's... It... But it was, it was the idea of, especially with one-liners, before, before they discovered that you can have a front row where yeah. you can hear the laughter, the thought of doing one-liners and into the abyss with no... One-liners look <laughs> awful. They really look awful when there's no it's just laugh. Silence. <laughs> even the best one, like, even Tim Vine. Yeah. If Tim yeah. Vine came on and he did all these jokes to silence, you're saying this isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's so important to have that laughter. Yeah. Because of the timing. Because just leaving a gap is so awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas some comedians were more natural to those because they would just keep talking. And if it's amusing, it's watchable. Yeah, 
yeah. But then when when the front rows came in, I, I did a few. I was like, hang on, this is a gig. This is yeah, yeah. And it's been a it's been an absolute godsend because I I, I just the fact that you can do gigs and get paid proper gig money now yeah. for the yeah for doing this. So I've, yeah, I absolutely love them, and I will miss them. And to be honest. So I've got a mailing list. Um, I did you? I don't know if you saw it. The um, did you see the one I, I put on a gig where I was just trying loads of new stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so I did the two of those, and they were busy. I was just I was so chuffed with that. It's that whole thing of touring to people that like what you do. I got I still got that same sort of sense of achievement when these people come to Zoom to see what I was doing. I loved it. Um, and so I'm now writing some new stuff to do another one of those. Brilliant, yeah. But I think, I think that will continue. I because... think so as well. I think, I, my view is, is that um, I, on, online comedy has gotten me through lockdown. To, to be mm. able to do this, uh, I would just be looking at four walls and, and, and mm. going out of my mind. Um, but um, uh, when they started to do them, there was no audio at all so with my loud laugh i was just sitting here mm. laughing loudly and i thought i was going to be taken away you know this isn't going to work. but but um always be comedy is the one that 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 i go to every week either online mm. or live and that's where i i saw you do a good 20 minutes live and i and i, and I thought oh this is magic because of the live experience and um, J- James Gill, who runs Always Be Comedy, um, opened up the front row, and so the audio was there, and the comedians and he could chat to the front row and the mm. laughter and everything. And um, I always think it's it's the best substitute. It's 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 a wonderful format, and I think it will continue. But for me, you can't be live because because you never know no. what you're going to get within a live atmosphere, and I miss that so much. And I really yeah, really too. hope it comes back soon. I, I still think li- I still think stri- gigs will be streamed of live mm. gigs. That might be a good idea for folk who can't get to them. But mm. um, well, that's what I was thinking because. Yeah. Even if I put on a Sunday afternoon Zoom show, even though people can go out to watch comedy, yeah. they might just want to sit at home exactly, yeah. and watch it like you'd watch a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's going to be interesting what does happen. Um, who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Um, I'm, oh, lots. So like I said earlier, so for me to go and watch an Edinburgh show or excited about watching someone because you see so much comedy yeah i i need to see something that's totally different yeah to really get me going to really make me laugh so you sort of any of the weirdos <laughs> you know you sort of your spencer jones or <laughs> oh, i love him <laughs> Pulfer, or anyone like that they yeah. they get they get me yeah um and then i like it's it's the one-liner comedians like I love like the one all the ones you've named mm. but I don't I wouldn't go and watch them now for fun no but I'd watch them to be kind of in awe of their creativity yeah 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 like I'll always go and watch Gary Delaney's shows in Edinburgh well, who's the other one yeah yeah because he's such a good joke writer yeah I like to watch and just go 
that's great. Do you know what I mean? Rather, rather than sort of be pissing myself. Yeah, like, yeah, like I, will, I would. I, I will <laughs> at really ones I don't see coming at all. Yeah, yeah. Because you're watching and you're analysing so much that you, you don't get the same enjoyment out of, I don't know what Spencer Jones is going to do next. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But, but Lee Mack is one of my favourite oh, TV comedians. He's so he makes it look so easy. He's he's always been. Yeah. When I started, he was one of the people. Him, Rob Gilbert, yeah. those sort of people I really looked at when I was trying to work out what I was. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean, that will I lie to you show is just it couldn't be more perfect it's for him. Perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. He he um he uh, hosted my So You Think You're Funny final in Edinburgh. Wow. So that was a big deal for me back wow. in 2009. I was in awe of him and he was so funny backstage. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, just constantly, he's just constantly funny. And Rob Brydon said to me, because they obviously, they, they're good friends through doing that show. He said, Lee Mack is the person, that, one of the people that makes him laugh the most. Yeah, he is. He's just uh, always, saw, he's just saw, funny. I've, I've seen Lee Mack about three or four times. And I saw Hit the Road Mac at Hammersmith Apollo, mm. and I was laughing all the way through. There, there, there was no break for me. I could hardly latch on to the next joke. It was being so is funny, that, you know. Is that the one where he starts with um, putting a, someone from the audience in a box? Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favourite jokes. I see, that's what I like. That is an example <laughs> yeah. of what I got out of that first Edinburgh. Yeah. You can do whatever you like. So yeah. to people that don't know what that is, I don't think it's a spoiler really now. No. He, he, he comes out like he's a magician. Yeah. And he's got this box and he's got two people and he's like acting all kind of mysterious and he gets a child or a younger person out of the audience and he puts them in the box, locks them up, pushes <laughs> them away, massive thing, gets the mic, music goes off, he goes, I did say no kids. <laughs> and it, it's the best joke. It's the best... I think that is the best start to a gig you can have <laughs> it's theatrical it gets the attention yeah, yeah yeah and it's just a silly silly yeah. joke it's up there it's up there for me uh like i said earlier when when i first saw harry hill at downstairs the king's head he brushed past me this is 30 years ago before he was famous and he jumped up onto the stage and he said, he said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry I'm late. I had to have a testicle brought down and there was a pause and a laugh. And then he said, from Derby. <laughs> <laughs> and that just was genius. <laughs> um, the, reason, the reason I asked that question is that there's a section in my blog called The Ones That Got Away. The, so I've written 25 comedians who have either sadly passed on or I haven't been able to see uh, because every one that I've been fortunate to see there's so many memories mm. for me and that, that's that, that's where the blog came from so the, so the ones that got away the the ultimate ones for me were Morecambe and Wise I'd love to have seen um, Dave Allen's in there um, Mike Reed's in there Norman Wisdom on and on and on um, but uh, it's just it's just wonderful um, having so many good memories of such a wonderful format. Um, like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience, or did you before you became a comedian? I I did in the early days when yeah. I was I was I was like a sponge. I just wanted to learn everything I could. So yeah. I was very lucky. I had a 
fair, it wasn't a good paid job, but it was, I was living at, when I left uni, I was still, I lived, moved back in with my mum. I started doing comedy. So my money was going all on driving to gigs. And then I also could afford to watch shows at the Golbenkian. Yeah. So, so I went as much as I possibly could. I saw everybody. Um, but what the more, like, as a professional comedian now, one, I'm, I should be working. <laughs> that would be the hope. But I, so I, I'd only really be able to make a special effort to go and see someone I really wanted to yeah, see and I'd yeah. book it out of the diary. Like I did that with Eddie Izzard because I wanted to see him live. Um, He's incredible. When, when, um, anyone that comes, like I've, I've been to see the, I tell you what, I, I got, I'm not into American comedy at all, really. It's not really my thing. But if a big-named American comic comes over, I want to see them. Right. So it's like, it's like um, I, I saw Seinfeld when he came over. I was lucky, and I got given a ticket to one of the closed showings that right. he did before his big shows. Yeah. And I've never... I, I, love, I love Seinfeld talking about comedy. I, I, I can't get enough of that. His, any TV show he's doing, an interview, podcast, talking about comedy, I love how much he loves comedy. That's yeah, what yeah. I get out from him, That I because re I really relate to that. But his actual comedy, it's not really my cup of tea. No. But I wanted to see him in person because he's a legend. And, and seeing him in person, I had much more appreciation for what he does. Mm. Like, I got a lot more out of it seeing it live. And I like, and I saw Chris Rock, wow. Kevin Hart, all those, all those sort of people. And wow. what's nice about those guys is they bring really great tour supports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, who's the guy that does the roast? Jeff Ross. Jeff it? Ross. Yeah, yeah. And even and Anthony Jeselnik, who I think is one oh, of the best superb. joke writers yeah, yeah. in the world. Yeah. He supported. I think he supported Chris Rock. Right. I think, and so that so I like seeing those guys. I was um, I was very lucky enough to see um, Bill Hicks in Manchester, and he was incredible. And uh, wow. I saw um, Steve Martin with his bluegrass group at Hammersmith, and he was fantastic. He started doing all the old routines with the arrow through the head and everything. And oh, wow. I, I I love him as a film comedian, and uh, uh, it was so good to see him trying to get back to his because he sold out America before he was a film star <clears throat> and um, uh, yes. it, that was wonderful to see and, and so again memories of, of, of mm. watching them all um, yeah. I've much enjoyed talking to you just before we go um, is there anything else you'd like to say have you got any online gigs coming up have you got any writing where can people find you on social media so um so on social media, on all social media, it's at Jokes with Mark. So mm -hmm. that's easy to find, yeah. at Jokes with Mark. And uh, so not, when it, whenever this comes out, I don't, I don't know what gigs I'll have, but I've, I do a podcast, a weekly podcast called Jokes with Mark Simmons. So again, yeah. easy to remember, where I chat to uh, another comedian about jokes that they had to drop for whatever reason. Oh, brilliant. Whereas, whereas it's, <laughs> that's it might a great be, idea. Might <laughs> might not be funny enough, might be too offensive. It could be anything. 
and I've had some really great um, guests on there Sarah Millican yeah. Rob Beckett yeah. Sean Walks um, Ed Byrne Milton Jones Gary Delaney so it's like I've been doing it for about two years I absolutely love it and that's actually got me through lockdown just being able to chat to people on Zoom and record the podcast yeah yeah so that's uh, Jokes with Mark Simmons so go check that out um, and that, I mean on social media you'll see what gigs I'm doing I always post what I'm up to that is brilliant my friend well I'm looking forward very much to seeing you live soon hopefully when it when it when we're back to normal and definitely online soon because uh, I think I think you're a major talent and I wish you every success my friend oh thanks man thanks so much for having me on this has been really fun good I'm so pleased thank you so much <laughs>